What's up, everybody? Welcome to Unplayable, your favorite show about our favorite games. I'm D House here with Jim, Jay, and Mike. But let me tell you guys, we've got we've got a special guest here. Uh, I can't believe we got him. Uh, but we've got a TV celebrity. This guy has oh has God. performed. Are we, are we going here? on the official <laughs> show called I Glee? For sure, you'd forget. Y'all ever this. heard Glee? <laughs> That's why didn't right. You bring this, why didn't you bring this up in the last, last podcast? I've been you waiting. Forgot. I've been waiting, guys. Mike, the Rebel Spy, is a TV sh- celebrity <laughs> from the for show sure Glee. <laughs> no, I didn't forget. I've been waiting. And saving okay. this. Last week was Father's oh Day. Oh, my God. Um, so at this point, um, <laughs> our, the magical powers of editing are going to bring Mike the Rebel Spy onto the, the YouTube of this right now. No, they're not. <laughs> no, no. There, there are no magical <laughs> magical uh, editing tricks You I'll guys are gonna see on Mike this sure. podcast. I'll make sure to put the link to the video in the description. So <laughs> there it is. It Thank you, Jay. Mike, not Mike, in like 20 seconds, tell the story because now people are wondering if I'm for real. You're not for real. It's a it's a lie. Stop. Right. <laughs> no. Okay. I I my brother was in more, but I was in I think two episodes of the show playing music in the background. So <laughs> as basically a glorified extra, I got paid a little bit more than an extra, which was cool. Uh, and every year I get a check for like twenty dollars, and I really want to tell them to stop sending it to me because <laughs> I don't want to have to make my account do the the taxes on it. <laughs> and you were on set. With Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, I was right? in a scene with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Actually. She is very nice. Or at least yeah. she was at the time. Did you put so that on your IMDb uh, resume? Yeah. Yeah. Great. It's the only thing on my IMDb resume. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a skiing joke, but it's too far gone now. Oh, gosh. There's, there's no one else getting that That's a deep yet. cut. That's a deep cut. <laughs> so it's above my head. Um, is, it, is, but, it, is this a Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow joke that yeah. I don't get? Yeah. <laughs> she, she was just like in court for an instant but it's got it. let's, keep, let's keep rolling let's keep let's rolling right over the punchline is not worth the story you know. <laughs> um so anyways since uh you know you came here for games but you got a little glee instead um we might as well pivot back into games um and let's talk about our weekend games what 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 have you guys been playing and does it rhyme with schmagic the smathering i did not play any of that <laughs> Jay. I did. <laughs> Jim. Uh, yes, I did. But first, I played four games of KeyForge this week because I do play games. All four against the one D House, and three of them were victories. Uh, Let's by me. go. So, is that including another... the one you just played? <laughs> it's including the one I played right before nice. this nice. recording. <laughs> So uh, three and one, pretty much a professional. Um, I did beat the top eight Star Wars Destiny player uh, in KeyForge. <laughs> so you're basically exciting. saying but he's washed. You, he's you get washed. to take his medal now, right? That's how that works. <laughs> That's how it works. You pry out of my cold, weekend, dead hands. Take it right from him. Um, but let's see. We also played Magic Gathering. Played a lot of Sealed today of the new uh, Lord of the Rings set, which was a lot of fun. Um, went two and two. So good time. Yeah, it's really nice. enjoyable. Yeah, I've played uh, 
a few a couple games of uh lord of the rings magic the gathering uh commander not sealed or draft or anything and the commander games were actually like a blast they did a like the artwork of all the lord of the rings characters i'm a huge lord of the rings fan not as big as star wars but i think lord of the rings has had a pretty big impact on my life equally as much as like star wars because they both came out similar times when the prequels came out and i was like at that impressionable age of like getting into that kind of stuff so all the artwork's good the theme of the abilities is awesome like i mean for example bilbo if you have like 111 health because he's celebrating his 111 or yeah 111th birthday then you get to do this crazy ability all that kind of stuff it's it's really solid i enjoy it a lot Hmm. yep so that's a uh, magic what else have i been playing i played a good amount of star wars rivals uh that's been really fun uh it was a little it was learning the rules because there's so many like little things that you wouldn't expect to see in a game like this um but once i got over like they, they have an F- faq on their discord server and reading through that helped me with like some of the rule questions i did have and it was a blast after we got through some of those like little quirks that you need to figure out because some games like the rule book is it's just like a one sheet page so it's like you can skip over a lot of stuff they can't cover everything Mm -hmm. so uh getting the minutia of that game uh rolling it was it was solid i enjoyed it nice have you started building your own like teams oh yeah yeah yeah, for sure even from our first game we didn't play with just the like oh, the okay. starter With box like the only has stuff. two characters and then you have to play yeah. a rebel trooper or imperial trooper uh we start out with straight out with three characters yeah got it okay it feels weird to start with like a little like, i know it's like a little token cardboard on token yeah wow. we, we we were a little confused about it when we did it but there weren't any like packs out when we played so we didn't and it doesn't address option. it in the rule book it doesn't say like uh use this instead i don't think i didn't see it anywhere Hmm. i don't remember (laughs) i am very curious if like this is gonna be like a game with expansions or not yeah i have no idea they said this was set one like this box is considered like a set one booster okay (laughs) i i'm I'm, like mostly confused about like where they expect people to play it other than just on your kitchen table which is probably the most likely location yeah it's fully kitchen table that's that is their mo i feel like yeah they're yeah. they're having organized events though like they, they are they in are their FAQ, like, yeah. they said they're having like they have an official format for organized events but, but where i don't know like are you, are you gonna go to like walmart and play like some, <laughs> <laughs> some star wars rivals because i'm not <laughs> hey i still hey i still remember back in the day when they had like um uh, they had like Pokemon events at Toys R Us, right? Yeah, yeah. Po- yeah. Pokemon events at Toys R Us. My the first Pokemon tournament that I won was in the middle of a mall, <laughs> like literally in the middle, like of yeah, the yeah, mall. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not in a store. It was, <laughs> and then I found out I won a free trip to New York City, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And it was just wild. Like, what a weird trip. <laughs> What's That's the mall? Barnes and Noble. So Barnes and Noble. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. But it is now 2023. <laughs> and I don't think Walmart would host an event for Funko. I also think that a local retail store would not host events unless they actually get to sell the product, which does. I have no idea. Maybe they will, but everybody's yeah. already bought them at Walmart. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, 
It's a cool game, though. I really enjoy it so far. Yeah, very I mean, cool game. I'm excited to play it at Gen Con with you guys. Yeah, me too. That'll be fun. Yeah, and they're they're doing mm-hmm. a really cool event from what I hear. It's free, and then they give you packs, and you open them, and then you build your team. So it's like basically sealed perfect. rivals. Yeah, sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't want to say. So like playing it, having played it, some of the characters have six influence, and then some of them have like two influence. So 3PO only has two influence, but his cards are absolutely insane. Like some of the best cards in the game. But he only the gives hero you Star two Wars. influence. <laughs> but he so only you have gives to make like interesting like deck building, well, team building decisions of like, oh, do I want the best cards? But like a character that's not going to make a big impact. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty that's pretty cool. That's really cool. It's mm. good. Mike, what about you? What kind of games were you playing this week? Uh, I played a lot of Marvel Snap again. Uh, just having fun with the conquest mode. And uh, sad that Galactus got nerfed because uh, that was a really fun deck for me. I also not sad because I think everybody hated it, uh, including <laughs> me when I wasn't playing it. So uh, I get it. The, the 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 new version of it is still fun. And then um, played some Lorcana with Jay, and we we did some some videos, and that was a good time. Yeah. Yep, I did but, play some Lorcana with my dad and my brother too. Oh, and pr- you printed stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, proxy. Sick. Yeah, Sick. that was pretty fun. It's this is not gaming related per se, but uh I have gone down the rabbit hole of Lego Star Wars. <laughs> and it is <laughs> it is deep. <laughs> it is it is a very strange world. I've watched probably more Lego Star Wars YouTube videos over the past like two, three weeks than uh, I care to admit. And, wait, wait, uh, like the wait, wait, wait. When you say Lego Star Wars, you mean like the actual scripted shows or no, 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 no. Like, I don't know. People on YouTube who like talk about Lego Star Wars the same okay, way yeah. that we talk about games. So like my, poorly. My um, son loves that. Yeah. Does he? Okay. Yeah. So it's I mean, it's very fun. I have really enjoyed Lego since I was a kid. Obviously, I feel like most people our age are in the same boat. <laughs> Um, and so my brothers for my birthday got me this, uh, BD one up here and it was a really sick build. And that kind of just like sparked the, uh, newest obsession. Uh, so that's what I've been doing is building, building some other fun, fun stuff and getting way too deep into like, uh, like collectible minifigures and stuff like that. Like there are some that are like thousands of dollars. For just a little little figures, and it's crazy. Uh, so, getting getting sucked into the the fun collectability of that. Yeah, love that. Why? Yeah. Okay, after we're done with uh, the Ted Lasso card game, we need to work something out with Lego. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm Imagine actually a booster. I'm surprised pack that yeah that that hasn't been done yet. Yeah. yeah, it's like Star Wars Destiny, but like instead a of die, game. you get you get like a a brick that's tied to a certain exactly. card and you're building something. Exactly. You know. It's so perfect for that kind of thing. Like this is exactly what I was thinking about. It's like, could I come up with some fun, like miniatures esque game with like little Lego minifigures? Because then I don't have to paint anything. I don't have to put anything together. All I have to do is have these little, you know, like have little Luke Skywalker against Darth Vader and like you move them around some kind of terrain or whatever. And you do stuff. I think that'd be really fun. It seems like a, a good fit for, for the, the the ip but i don't know how how it hasn't happened yet yeah 
That's why they, ha- they have they have the video game too. Like the Lego Star Wars video games are always like super popular. I, I super love fun. all their content. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so it's actually funny too. Like uh, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, so what about you? It's messed up that the longest time the best Star Wars video games were Lego Star Wars games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, even some wrong. people would still for a say long they're time. the best ones, like, compared to... They're very fun. They're very the Jedi fun. Survivor and stuff, but, yeah, like, we haven't had any good Star Wars video games, but finally, I think we're turning the corner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Star Wars Outlaws games game looks sick, too. Yeah. That trailer <laughs> looks awesome. Um, all right, what about you, David? What games have you been playing? Yeah, I... Well, since you mentioned the um, the rivals, I played a bunch of Marvel Battle World with my son. I've mentioned that on here before, but I found out some people in our Discord had never heard of it. But um, it, it's like I I was playing it, thinking about us recording this. So I was like, you know what? It's worth a shout out because it has like four expansions to it, and um, the minis are collectible, and they're actually it's actually pretty brilliant. It's a cooperative game that you can play solo, so you. And when you buy a battle ball, which it's like its own contained like booster, it's like usually five bucks or ten bucks, depending on how old the set is. But you have a fully contained game experience in that one battle where you get a random figure mm-hmm. and then you have a hidden one that's in what they're called what they call a Thanos stone. The the concept is like Thanos captured all the heroes and the villains too in these stones and transported them to Battle World, and you're going in with the heroes to try to free everybody and defeat Thanos. Um Sounds fun. And they they come up with like some crazy, like they have crazy heroes in it. For like I was playing Iron Mouse and Venomized Iron Man, uh, and and my son I don't even remember what he was playing, but it, it was just we played a lot of it, and it's a great game if you have young kids. Um, I, I was like, dang, I forgot how good this is. And when when we're not playing the game, he plays with the little like minis because they're pretty like strong and like durable. So. <laughs> when he starts crashing them together and banging their heads together, it, it <laughs> survives. Um, nice. So yeah, played played a lot of that with my son this week. Uh, I've been, I've been very uh, busy with Shatterpoint. Uh, shout out to my Shatterpoint bro, uh, Mike Rudin. Um, we love Shatterpoint. Um, <laughs> I picked up my pre-order. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. So, um, so now that I've like, done it enough i i texted you guys this like i'm actually really enjoying assembling all the all the minis i ha- i am not excited to even touch them with paint and i quite honestly might not touch them with paint at all but the assembly process is oddly satisfying it scratches mm-hmm. the same itch that scratches when i mow the lawn and i just mm-hmm. look at what i've done and i was like dang that's a great looking lawn <laughs> Like I, I assembled uh, Ventress last night, and I was looking at Ventress. I was like, "Dang, that's a good looking Ventress right there." You're like, "Dang, she's <laughs> she's the coolest character in Star Wars." <laughs> and then today I, I assembled Kalani, and it was like the most clunky. Like everything was falling apart, and I was like, "This is stupid. Why I hate this?" <laughs> is he this in the is... starter set? Yeah. Dang, I, I'm extra excited. I like Kalani too. He's a, he's a, he's also a very very cool character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kalani's out there, and he like he plays a unique role in like sending the battle droids and he has some unique synergy with uh, some of that. So it's not all just like lightsabers and fight combat. Like there's some, Mm -hmm. there's some different ways kind of like Jay was saying about C3PO and the rivals game, like different kind of role. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so I've been, I've been just uh, assembling um, Shatterpoint and, and making sure I understand the rules because old Jimbo is going to be visiting here next weekend. 
and I fully plan on forcing him to play it with me for the first time <laughs> for both of us. Nice. <laughs> Literally just That'll go there nice. so David can play games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, other than that, actually, it's still game related. We had a brand new uh, game store open. They had their grand opening on Friday, and I went to that um, at uh, Fair Game in Geneva, Illinois, and uh, got to talk with the owners. Um, and I came to find out, like, they were like the because they have two other locations in the Chicago area, and they were like the Star Wars Destiny hub of Chicago, um, where they had like consistently like ten to fifteen players playing all the time. Um, so it was cool to kind of reminisce on Destiny and and uh, got me really excited about the potential future for a little game we call SWU. Um, the SWU Hub. SWU That's hub. not what we call it. We call it <laughs> Galaxy Shuffle. <laughs> the age-old <laughs> argument. I, I have seen an uptick in our Discord and on our YouTube channels of people calling it Galaxy Shuffle. Yeah. Taking off. I man. do also Taking love off. Galaxy Shuffle. It's like now I, I genuinely want like a Max Rebo uh, song <laughs> called Galaxy Shuffle to like introduce the game. I I'm, I'm, I'm going to retain the license to call it both. Yes. <laughs> since since Mike, you're our like celebrity rock star. Can you oh can you write God. a song called celebrity, <laughs> like Galaxy Shuffle? And uh, I'll have ChatGPT pretend that it's Max Rebo. <laughs> and then and we'll write, be write inevitably Galaxy Shuffle. Do gameplay videos for YouTube. That could be like our intro, like <laughs> our intro song. Perfect. The, 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 oh. the best part about Gal- the name Galaxy Shuffle is that it parallels the stupidity of the actual name <laughs> they gave it. That is very so funny. <laughs> Swoo was pretty stupid too, though. So yeah, you know, <laughs> but you're calling it that because of the acronym. That is true. That is true. It's it's good. slightly less absurd. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's good. Oh, sorry, my dogs are so high. Stop. Um, He's going nuts. Guess yeah, I, my uh, someone just walked in the front door, so uh, I'm just gonna hold him down. Um, I park at people when they walk in my front this door. This is terrible timing. Yeah. Right as we're trying to hear, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute myself right now. That's fine. I can talk and y'all keep going. Yeah. Trash. Star Wars Destiny trash. Me. So we started testing it this weekend. Uh, me, my dad, and my brother. Uh, so I, I posted on the Discord. If you're in the Discord channel, you can see a picture of what I'm storing it in and what it looks like. But it's basically the same concept as Destiny uh, Smash, except I'm making all the characters elite unless it's a single die. And then you build your team up to 30 points with two characters. So it's the same concept, except it also allows you to play like a 23 point and a Stormtrooper if you wanted to, instead of just mm-hmm. 215 costs. Mm-hmm. Or I guess they had a range of like 14 to 16 that they made the Smash characters from. But it's the same thing. And then the decks are highly thematic. Almost every single card has artwork of the character that's on it in their deck. Nice. Uh, so that's how I wanted it to be. And then most of the cards are single in their deck, unless it's something like. Shoto, obviously, Ahsoka's got to have two Shotos. Rex has to have his blasters. And, of course, Jar Jar has to have a couple of the rolling Boombas. I mean, absolutely, he's got to. (laughs) Um, So it's it's been it was really fun. Actually, I enjoyed it. I've always wanted to play like Clone Wars, Obi-Wan and Anakin together. So I got to do that. And I played all the cards like Synchronicity, uh, Caution and, you know, Jedi Armor. It was it was a blast. My brother nice. played Ahsoka and Rex, which is highly thematic too. So that was cool. And then my dad played 
characters I've never even played before, which number one, I haven't played the Jedi or the uh, Clone Wars Obi-Wan before that came in the starter pack or a starter deck. But my dad played the Kylo Ray that go together. Mm-hmm. He played that. And that was re- that was really cool. I've never seen that in action because I stopped playing that trash before. Uh, yeah, before they released that. <laughs> that was one of the last competitive decks I played, I think. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, was one of the last cool. things that I remember before I stopped playing. I remember that they released it at Target exclusively, I'm pretty sure. And they, mm-hmm. as far as I understand, did not test it very much. <laughs> Is, what was that? I don't. Was it a starter pack that those characters came in? It was like a two-player starter, right? Or are you thinking of Kylo Phasma? Yeah, you're Ray, thinking Kylo Phasma, Mike and Poe really? Ray, the two-player yeah, starter. That is that. exactly what I'm thinking of. <laughs> that they didn't play test, and they ended exactly up nerfing half of. the characters in that two-player starter deck. <laughs> so what? What? What are these other Kylo Ray that you're talking about? Yeah, it's um, well, Kylo's a villain and then Ray's a hero, so it was like the first time I let you play two. Uh, opposing factions together. Mm. I literally have, have it. I have it yeah. sitting right in oh, front of me. Oh, with the plot. Okay. okay. Yeah. I vaguely remember this, but I also was not playing while this was a thing. They seemed really Ooh. strong. Like nice. Uh, I could imagine they were really powerful um, characters in the meta mm-hmm. together because the, their abilities are kind of insane. Yeah, I, I feel like they were like kind of like tier like 1a kind of thing like not necessarily like taking it over everything but you could play it and be thematic and be mm-hmm. still competitive so it was to me it was that perfect like balance level did you just say tier 1a yeah yeah, yeah whatever that means or 1b what? whatever <laughs> whatever like that means. top tier <laughs> it's like just kind of just under it not quite there like tier 1.5 like <laughs> yeah like, exactly yeah, yeah so it's like not s tier but it's not a tier just kind of hovering in the middle okay. uh i just said 1a because i'm a big dingus and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> i was just trying to translate i'm like i actually don't know what that means but yeah i feel like we got there at the end we did we nailed it destiny trash was a success either way good that's good are you gonna bring it to all right y'all i would love to but you can imagine how much that case weighs ah yes that would not be fun taking through security (laughs) fair yeah (laughs) so i'm not bringing all right well we'll have to build them on tts or something so we can play sure it's good all right uh we got some news to go through people we got some Galaxy Shuffle Swoo spoilers uh, from the YouTube uh, content creator Wasi Plays dropped okay. um, some stuff. I, I, I Are you guys very familiar with his content? I used to watch his uh, Pokemon stuff uh, okay. back in the day. He has like a Pokemon, I think it's PTCG radio or something. And when I was playing Pokemon for about two months uh in like 2018 i i watched a few videos um so it was very distinctive like intro uh so i always remember yeah. that uh, he did a lot familiar... early key forge as well okay yeah, yeah. nice yeah key forge my familiarity with him is youtube's algorithm putting his thumbnails in my feed <laughs> and then i just have never clicked on it <laughs> well he got some spoilers he got two spoilers and um and as I present this, let me clarify one thing we know is we're recording this on a Sunday. We release on Tuesdays. And on Tuesday, Fantasy Flight has a live stream where they're going to be talking about probably 
this game. Um, and I think another content creator, uh, Space Arena, Ground Arena, Saga podcast, said they basically have some spoilers that they'll release that day too. So after in like four hours after this post, you're going to be like, oh, there's some new news and whatever. But um, but you're required <laughs> to listen to us before you listen to any of that. First, <laughs> oh, so. well, they'll probably watch the FFG video before they'll watch this podcast. So no, uh, no, <laughs> my God, no, 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 no. Come on, man. Let us know, uh, us I know in the anything. Everybody that sees a podcast from us drops immediately. Does, <laughs> Instantly stops, stops whatever they're, they're doing. doing. And <laughs> That's listens. it. <laughs> so we got some spoilers. First up, we've got the Cloud City Wing Guard cost three. It is a blue unit, uh, not hero or villain, just uh, just blue. Uh, it's got two strength, four health. With Sentinel, uh, which as a reminder, Sentinel says units in this arena can't attack your non-Sentinel units or your base. So blue deck, both all kinds of blue decks could play this, and you kind of throw them out there and say, you, you got to kill this guy first. Mm-hmm. And it's he a common. Is, he, yeah, I was about to say, he's a common, and he's number 63 out of 252. Is that what it says? Or is it 53? I can't tell. 63. 63. Nice. What is fringe, by the way? What does that mean? Like an outer rim? Oh, maybe. Subtech title? Yeah, it must be. Like like uh, char- characters on the fringe, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fodder in the war is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I like Sentinel. Sentinel seems yeah, Sen- good. Sen- Sentinel's like just, as far as I can tell, it's just Taunt and Hearthstone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just like a vanilla 2-4 Taunt for 3 mana in I mean, the, the game's different from Hearthstone, but mana. Oh, where's my if, bread? Well, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about Hearthstone, so <laughs> okay. they do use mana in that game. All um, right, yeah. I don't know. This seems fine. Maybe uh, it's good. Yeah. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. So one <laughs> thing we can part. do is we can compare this to uh, Lorcana, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, can bodyguard. Assume, you can assume that they will play similar. They have similar aspects to them so like i think comparing them is probably fine uh so if you look at like hercules who is basically bodyguard sentinel same thing right he's a three three and this is a two four so you're getting about the same stats uh would you rather have a three three or a two four i don't know (laughs) what do you think Mm. two four for me yeah probably two four actually you'd rather have the two four i think so I think I think if you want to be defensive, mm-hmm. if having that's more what of the, the defensive is, stat right? like is pretty good. But there there's a there's a limiting factor there where it's like it has to have enough attack for it to be relevant as mm. like something to, to mm-hmm. that you don't want to attack into. Like the the best taunt units or sentinel units are going to be the units that your opponent doesn't even want to attack into. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so like Donald is a three two. This would be really good, like trade for Donald because yeah. he would die and Don, Donald's he would a two, still. Three. Yeah, he's a two three. Oh, okay, interesting. Either way, they still have they. That's would also trade Disney after two. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just I can't saying, wait to smash these two games together. If there were <laughs> comparable stat lines of cards in Star Wars Unlimited, right? So. I don't know. I guess we'll see. What is Mickey? Mickey's a 2-6, right? But he costs 6 for Bodyguard. That's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, uh, but he has a, the other ability too, and then you have the like the lore value that yeah yeah factors right, right, into right, the right, cost right. as well. Yeah, this one's not even um, equal. So what do you do with that? <laughs> okay, uh, my do, brain's starting do, to hurt, you guys. <laughs> I do really like I, I like the templating a lot, where the sentinel is like in that oh, yeah, yeah. sort of like highlighted background area. Like, uh, yeah. it's something that you're not going to want to forget as a player, and so mm -hmm. this makes it so that you're probably not going to forget. And I often forget. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd also say this is a this is a card I think uh, that probably has higher value in limited settings in draft and sealed uh, mm, because it mm -hmm. can be played both hero and villain, and just when when you know in constructed you can build your your deck um, in certain ways like uh, to, I don't know to accelerate or like protect yourself, but like dropping one of these guys down when you're like, hey, you can't attack my base, I'm. Give me a moment to build toward my thing, and you got to deal with this pesky little thing. Mm -hmm. uh, feels pretty good. It's also interesting too. Like I think, and this is where we'll have to learn how it all works. But like the space arena and yeah, the ground arena being separate, that. and like the mm -hmm. sentinel mm -hmm. only protects in the specific arena. It's like how you balance both sides is going to be really intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it can help too, right? So like if you have drawn nothing but space units this turn, but then you get this guy, it helps protect from the ground where you, your opponent might have like five ground units and there's nothing you can, like you're not able to keep up, but this helps keep them from being able to just go face. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, I next one. enough cool. time on a pretty yep. vanilla card. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we've got... Um, here's your two cost, three two. Here's, here's my three two I was talking about. <laughs> uh, it's not popping up for me. Someone want to read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a All two right. cost Viper Probe Droid. It's a, a villain card. There's no like additional aspect to it. Uh, it's a three two Imperial Droid. When played, look at an opponent's hand. Common... 228 out of 252. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Seems, seems wow. it, it took me until Jim laughed to get that. <laughs> I was God. like, what is he doing? <laughs> Why did that get me? <laughs> Got him. I mean, that still feels audio, more... Audio. Good that feels almost audio. more beneficial than like actually looking at... I don't know. I've... Yeah, I never enjoy effects like this. If it doesn't do anything, yeah, it's just I, like, yep, those are cards. I agree. I think I think information is overrated generally, unless you mm -hmm. have a way to capitalize on that information outside of just like being able to outplay your opponent. Because if, in theory, like if you're good enough, you already kind of know what's in your opponent's hand, mm -hmm. right? Like. If you've played the game enough, you you know what's in your opponent's deck. You know the things that you need to watch out for. You know the things you need mm -hmm. to play around. Maybe occasionally this gets you a win where you're like, oh, I'm playing around this one card. And you find out that they don't have it. And then you can kind of like go for a, a greedy play that you wouldn't have been able to go for otherwise. But generally, I, I think I think it's overrated. That said, a 2 cost 3-2 is probably an okay stat line on its own. And this is you know, not locked into any particular aspect other than villain. So I, I think David, your sort of uh, point about the previous one where it's like better in draft and sealed. This is, this is probably a candidate for being like decent in draft and sealed. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you dropped this turn one. Uh, in the, oh, is that thunder at your house? 
It's mine. Jim's out. That's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed us here, but that I. <laughs> It doesn't thunder like that here, so it's exciting. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> California. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you you can drop this literally the first action of the game if you're going first. Um, and then if you're claiming initiative, you're threatening three damage into whatever either they dropped or right into the base, um, even without the, the plate effect in any villain deck in sealed or limited. So, yeah, um, yeah this, this this screams... I, I, have, a, I have a feeling that FFG is slowly spoiling all the cards that we're going to see in the decks at Gen Con um, when, we're, when we're getting demos. So this just feels like a good starter deck kind of card where it's like, hey, here's, you know, moderate value for, you know, what 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 they're going to do. So, yeah, the, yeah the, probably doesn't make the cut in Constructed. The fact that we're getting reveals and, like, content creator reveals is cool, but the, the timing feels very strange to me where like this game is not releasing in theory for at least six months if if it is 2024 which they've said it is like and in theory we don't even know what this looks like in the space of the rules of the game i mean in, in theory, theory, in theory <laughs> right yeah 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 like like ffg has, hasn't acknowledged the, the rules leak right so they it, in their mind like nobody knows how to play yet that all these cards are getting revealed anyway. I guess Lorcana did that for a little bit, but it wasn't like content creator spoilers. It was like right. the same thing that FFG is doing where they're just like showing random cards on Twitter, which makes mm-hmm. a little bit more sense to me than than content creator spoilers. Mm-hmm. The reason why mm-hmm. like content creator spoilers specifically doesn't make as much sense is one, like I have to imagine that they don't want the content creators that they're giving these uh, like spoilers to to talk about the leaked rules. Right. I don't know if that's true or not. In the video that Wasi placed it, he did not talk about those specific rules. Um, so I have to imagine that may- maybe it was like, yeah, you can reveal these, but don't talk about them in the context of the leaked mm-hmm. rules that, that happen. Um, the other thing is just the, like, like six months out just feels like a really long time for, like, content creator sort of audience building, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if if your goal as a content creator is to get people to like hear about your your show because they're already sort of in this star wars unlimited community um like there isn't really a star wars unlimited community yet so i feel like closer to the launch of the game when people are more excited about it and it's like more imminent is a more strategic time to actually reveal these as a content creator well do you think that this is them showing their hand that the game's gonna come out sooner than they said I don't know. That'd be interesting if they're like, "Hey, our our boats arrived faster than we thought they would, and this is coming out in Q4 2023." <laughs> or yeah, or you could buy Starter Decks at Gen Con. Like that'd be pretty interesting. I don't know. I don't know if it would be good for the for the game, but I think it would definitely be interesting. <laughs> I I don't because it's I, not the whole start. It's not the whole set. It's just the starter decks. I mean, I, we're going to be playing it on TTS anyway as soon as Gen that, Con. That's ends. true. That's true. We, we uh, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, does it really do the game any help if they sell starter decks at Gen Con? I like to it me, probably it's like, doesn't. Ah, it, it probably uh, doesn't. Like, w- yeah. we're gonna play regardless, right? But yeah, like, how satisfied are you with playing with just starter decks for four months before at least four months before the real game comes out? Not very, yeah. Like, you probably play with starter decks for like three weeks and then get bored, yeah. But maybe there's only so many ways you can mix those cards together and come up with something (laughs) new. 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I could go on forever about this. I always like talking about like uh, strategy in yeah, just like, like meta business strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so weird <laughs> that that uh, might, might be the case. <laughs> I, I just, this just uh, uh, like the fact that it's called Unlimited and our podcast is called Unplayable. Like, I, I just, There's I feel there. like we deserve spoilers. I don't know. <laughs> there's no, they have there's to no be unplayable, gonna... though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have to let us spoil the absolute worst cards in, in yeah. the set. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, so I didn't even mention anything about this card, but I would say this is a theme first card. This, if looking mm-hmm. at this, they designed yeah. this theme first, not mechanics first. I also think looking at an opponent's hand is significantly worse in this game than pretty much any other game because you're drawing two cards at the end of the <clears> round <throat> and then you're also uh putting a card into resources so you're cycling your card so fast you don't even know if what you saw is going to be there in like one round for sure yeah they could literally resource it like the turn after and then it's like oh right it's yeah. gone mm-hmm. uh yeah lastly because we always got to bring it up the art is pretty cool on both of these cards yeah, I, do, yeah. I like the I like the probe droid better than the other one, but the other one's still pretty fun. I like his yeah. little uh, uh, suit thing. <laughs> the little suit thing. Yeah, I I'd think ro- any, I, any, I'd rock any, that any... jacket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Glee, even <laughs> playing uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and any art that inspired from like a Hoth setting is gonna get my attention. Like, it's, I that's, like, that's not awesome. Hoth. No, oh, that's you're talking uh, about the, oh, the you're talking about probe droid. Yeah. Okay. Like Cloud City. We were looking at the, definitely the Cloud City. Hot. Okay, I'm aware. <laughs> Cloud City's Cloud City. Like, okay. <laughs> um, okay, you guys want to move into our um, main topic? Probably not. We should do one of those this week. He said probably not. <laughs> I, can, I can continue. I can ramp. I can vamp this, dude. If we want to just talk for another 20 30 minutes. 30 minutes on Viper Probe Droid. Let's go. <laughs> Um, okay. So we, we, we sort of ended up, this is, this is how most of our topics develop is we start talking about something in our like text thread and we start arguing about something. Inevitably someone says, all right, shut up and let's talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> usually you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually like, let's save it. Okay. Just, all right. Cause I also, I hate, I hate texting in general. I'd rather just talk about it. Um, okay. so we ended up in this like this rabbit hole of like with Loracana coming out, Star Wars Unlimited, and this whole idea of like all these CCGs, TCGs coming out again. Of basically this one question: What is the ideal cost of a competitive deck? So we're not talking like if you're just playing casually, whatever. I think that's a different conversation because that could be any sort of things. But yeah. when we're talking about competitive environments. Uh, what is the ideal cost of a competitive deck? I don't remember what spurred this on. Um, we were probably talking about selling flesh and blood cards for all I, think, I know. I think it was maybe we, we were talking about Lorcana, I think. Yeah, and we were Beast talking just about, dropped and he was yeah, a legendary. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yep. Okay. And we were talking about how like some of the legendaries to me felt a little bit lackluster. You talk about mm-hmm. Gantu. Uh, yeah. I think Beast is fine, but he doesn't necessarily scream legendary to me. Um, and then we sort of got down the rabbit hole of like, oh, well, if you need four copies of like the best, you know, if all the best cards are legendaries, you need four copies of each, you know, decks are just going to be crazy expensive. And then it's just like, 
the question of, okay, well, what is like the ideal cost for a competitive deck? Um, and this is sort of like from a publisher point of view and from like a health of a competitive game point of view, not a every deck should be free because I should be able to play everything for free kind yeah. of point of view, which is, I mean, that's valid, whatever. Um, and then I think we pulled sort of data, not ourselves, but like we found a, a post of sort of cost of the top decks in various card games. So David, do you have that? Yes, handy? I do. Um, so let's go. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this, this comes from, um, let's see the, the official like Twitter handles deck flare F L A R E. Um, and, uh, so deck flare made the video. I didn't watch the whole video, but there, there's a snap, uh, uh, like a screenshot they took and basically looked at how much it costs to get into the top five decks in the format. For each of these, uh, for each of these things, so maybe, uh, and this is this is I don't know if the, if it count like counts shared cards across multiple decks or if it's individual like in Flesh and Blood. If like you need a Spring Tunic for each fi- each of the five decks, obviously it's going to go up. Um, but it was very interesting to see the the prices. What what would be most helpful for the for the auditory? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll have the yeah I'll have the thing up in the video so. Okay. Uh, audio wise, yeah, I would just go through and just so okay. make sure it's clear. Game. So again, we're we're talking about the total cost of the five most competitive, like the top five decks at whatever um, time that this was sort of taken. Right. So this is well, this was May sixteenth when this was okay. tweeted. So cool. it wasn't that too long ago in twenty twenty three? Um, but at number one uh, is Flesh and Blood at two thousand one hundred seventy two dollars. Yep. So that's, that's five that's spring tunics. Five decks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So so it's an aggregate cost of the five yes. decks. I see. Yes. Like if you were to go out and buy singles. Yeah. Apparently, I, I don't know if it includes like one spring tunic for all five decks. Okay. So. I think I think we'll have to right. do the math ourselves after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to determine. Um. That. At number two is a game called Card Fight Vanguard, which yeah. I don't even know what that is. It's like Crash. a Japanese card game. Been out for a while. Two thousand forty-four dollars. Wow. That's expensive. Yeah, like especially for a game. I've obviously heard of Flesh of Blood, and that's very public. But maybe this is just not an American thing. I don't know. No, I think it is. It's, I think a it's lot bigger than Fab. But it, you're you're just not a weeb. So yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I can't. I I cannot wait for the comments in this YouTube video. If if there's oh, you'll as, never talk about this game. <laughs> if, if there if they're as good as the comments we were getting today on YouTube, let me tell you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I put Vanguard in the category of like people that play Yu-Gi-Oh or yeah. any other anime style game. Yep. So speaking of Yu- Yu-Gi-Oh is number three at eighteen hundred dollars. Dragon Ball mm-hmm. Z sixteen forty seven, and then Magic's number five at twelve sixty three. So that rounds out the top oh. five. So five Magic decks are one thousand two hundred sixty three dollars. So yeah. Jay, do the math for me real quick. That's like yeah, two hundred <laughs> two, something. Two forty. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't seem that that crazy to me. No. So, <laughs> so that's uh, and then we I get... also so I, I I also was curious, did a little bit of, of research as well. And Pokemon has an average deck cost of like sixty bucks. Yeah. Wow. Yep. It's because of the Which way they do it, is all the expensive cards are like the alt arts. Yeah, they're alternate yep. stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Pokemon is number 10 on this list at 343, but that's for five decks. So that that math checks out. Um, uh, Did it say if it was for standard for Magic or Modern? Because that does actually make a pretty big difference. It would definitely be Modern. Yeah, probably Standard. Modern modern would be way more expensive than that, I think. Yeah, what's the difference? Modern is everything with the new border. Yeah, Standard's last two years. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Hmm. Um. So, yeah. So that just sort of like gets the conversation going. What are your What are your reactions to Fab being twenty one seventy two for five decks, Pokemon being <laughs> three forty three for five top decks? I mean, it's a big difference. It's it's a, it's so interesting because Pokemon on like one end of the spectrum, they probably sell more packs. I mean, than anybody other than Magic, right? Like they. But most people don't play the game is the thing. Like most people that play that game are collectors mm-hmm. or who buy the packs are collectors. Almost everybody who plays Flesh and Blood or who buys Flesh and Blood packs is probably a competitive player. Mm-hmm. Um, and far fewer packs are opened. So I think the supply is a lot lower, which means that the demand for each of those like you know legendary cards, whatever that you need for your decks are more more valuable basically um i think there's a lot more that goes into it too simply based on the design of the game mm-hmm. so as someone who has probably five decks that i've bought over the course of the game to like be able to play five different characters i can confirm it's that it's expensive mm-hmm. uh but because of the way the game is designed you can only play cards of that class basically there's not as many there's not nearly as much crossover between one class and another class as there would be in magic where you play black white or you play black red like half your deck could be the same between the two technically right Mm -hmm. so i think there's way more crossover in games like magic or pokemon in terms of cards that are going to be in those in those decks if you took the if you did the uh the statistics of how many unique cards are present in the five decks i would bet flesh and blood has the most unique cards yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that. What, so yep. one other aspect of this is like, let's say you play the game for a year and then and then you're done and you want to sell your stuff. If if you bought your flesh and blood, your five flesh and blood decks for like $2,100 or whatever, however much it was, and a year later you could go and sell all the cards that you got for like $2,400, Mm-hmm. Now, now all of a sudden you didn't pay any money, but you you made a profit while you while you did this. So, mm-hmm. like, it does create a higher barrier to entry in terms of like who can afford to get into the game, but it also allows you to essentially play for free for mm-hmm. for that amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, there's a, a lot of people in Magic do this, right? Where like they they rent a deck or they you know buy a deck, play with it a little bit, and then sell the deck. Uh, I, I used to do that when I played Magic. Um, so I, I think that's like one thing that's missing from this conversation a lot of the time where it's like, okay, yes, the deck is like $2,000 or whatever. I mean, the one deck isn't $2,000. Yes, the deck is like $500, but you, you can just as easily go and get that $500 back pretty much whenever you want. Um, mm-hmm. And the nice thing about Flesh and Blood specifically is that those cards generally don't rotate out and don't, I mean, sometimes they get banned, but um, yep. like... The odds of you being able to turn around and sell that 
deck for what you paid for it is fairly high. And the cards that they hit in terms of errata bans and stuff, they do a really good job of not hitting like legendaries or majestics. If they're yeah. gonna nerf and a those character, are the money cards. because of the way that this it's siloed out, they can hit other cards for that character without having to hit the expensive cards to like bring that character's power level down, which is interesting. But I'm not gonna lie, Flesh and Blood's an expensive game. Like it, obviously it is. I mean, that's just how it is. I don't know why <laughs> people. I I don't know the economics behind it, but they have done something very strategic in terms of like keeping collectors interested, being able to keep competitive players buying more and spending that much money on decks. It's it's interesting. They like Flesh and Blood is really really interesting to me because they are almost a hundred percent focused on like the hyper competitive player, but mm -hmm. they've managed to at the Keep same collectors. time. Yeah. Like entice collectors to sort of keep these prices high, mm -hmm. which is, I I'm arguably good for the game. I, I think yeah. it creates a lot of good, like, um, like it, it, it creates perceived value, right? So if you, like if if a if a tunic was twenty bucks instead of like two hundred bucks, the perceived value is that oh like you know this card that's a legendary that's in a bunch of these different decks that's like really rare is not valued and people like would look at that I think and think that it's like a bad game or that it's like mm -hmm. a lower tiered lower quality game, whereas mm -hmm. they look and they see this card that has that value that everybody wants and it's high. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, this must be a very high quality game like that people yeah. people are willing to pay this much to play this game. It must be that good. So there's an element to that, I think, that doesn't really get talked about that much. Yeah. I think I agree with that, which kind of leads into something else we talked about. And like that's legendaries in general. Right. So what's what? Yeah. How good should legendaries be as they're the most expensive cards that you're going to have to pay for? In, yep. in any game uh well in magic it's majestics i guess or mythics and uh flesh and blood and uh destiny it was legendary yeah i this is probably where i have more opinions because i i i mean just using flesh and blood as as an example when i was getting into it i just like okay i just gotta pick a pick a hero go with it got lexi uh, and then New Horizon was like, okay, you, you need this card in order to like uh, compete with this. And New Horizon itself was, oh, I don't remember how much it was at the time. Um, Probably somewhere around one fifty to two hundred. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I think I, one fifty is what I was thinking. So, just the the idea, the, and like, she, I, and Ranger doesn't have a chess piece, so you have to run Tunic. So that's yes, right, two hundred dollars. Um. So it was literally like, oh my gosh, like the, the idea of paying that much for one card to be competitive. But you only had to buy one. They don't go in your deck. Well, I had to get a tunic too. I know. That's what I'm saying is you don't have to buy three copies of it. Their legendaries are yeah. single. They're, they're all equipment. So you only have to buy one. It, it just, for me as a player, it, it violated a, a boundary. Like I just couldn't pay that much money for one card. 
<laughs> like it, outside of like buying a a box of sure. like boosters, I don't it's, think it's I've just spent... a normal card too. It's not like you're buying like a foiled out like like mm-hmm. cold foil right. first edition of this card. Right. Just the normal no, version. if you were trying to buy a cold foil tunic, you're spending way more than a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> right. Right. It's about the at least the total cost of the five best decks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that's where I that's where my brain started going like I hate that I that me not like I can't even say I, that I don't know. It's I've been trying to figure this out for a long time, but it was just like I can't justify on one card paying that much money. So in my mind for a competitive game for for you to feel like you can show up to a competitive event and have to spend that much on a single card to me, and I'm a competitive player and I can't do that feels like that's too much. Um, but for an entire deck, 150 bucks, like that makes in my mind, I'm like, okay, I could probably get there to say like, okay, to be the, at least compete for the top tables to spend that. Like, yeah, I could probably, cause I usually for a, or a TCG, I, by at least one booster box, maybe two, um, because I know I can get a lot of value out of it. But uh, what, what I don't know. What's, what's the highest amount of money that you'd pay for like a good legendary, like uh, Star Wars Destiny? I remember like ancient lightsabers were were yeah, I don't know, sixty, 60 bucks. bucks or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like did that Force feel bad to pay to pay sixty bucks for that card? And you need two. I think you only need two. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Destiny, you needed two. So would you pay $120 for two ancient lightsabers? I don't think I would, but um, I, w- I would did try you, to find a different deck. Did you have, did you I, have I, two ancient lightsabers? I did, and I don't remember ever buying... I, I think I pulled them, you honestly. You pulled them. Mm. Which, yeah, maybe that's... I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, hypocritical because I spent 100 bucks on a booster a box, box or something. You know, so... <clears throat> but I got all the rest of the stuff, too, so... sure. Um, yeah. which some of the spring tunic that I own in flesh and blood was for my birthday. You know, my family got me a history box and that's where I got the spring tunic from. And it came, out in, that. It came in that nice. Yeah. So, so like knowing that you like that, I, I don't remember what the equipment that you mentioned was, but the, the ranger equipment, yeah, like, new horizon, like new horizon now, like how much is it worth now? Is it price around the same price? You're asking the wrong uh, person. Yeah, it's it's still pretty high, but it's it's funny because flesh and blood is so meta dependent for what the value mm-hmm. of cards mm-hmm. are. That it's like so that's a ranger card. So when the best ranger kind of cycles out, or they have like a living legend system of it did so well, so now that hero kind of gets like off in the sunset kind of idea. So when that happens, the value of those cards go way down. Sure, but that doesn't mean you're never going to get another ranger so right. it's like you can time those cycles pretty well to get it when it's but the i would cheap. also argue that we have seen when heroes living legend their equipment goes up their legendaries go up in price oh i, don't I know disagree why, but that has happened huh. like when prism I... went when prism ll'd the footsteps went up like 60 dollars i think that was also with the dust till dawn like coming out pretty soon. And a lot of people were wanting to switch over to Dromai. Uh, the new horizon card is 190 right now. I just looked it up. So, so if you but did pay for Rangers... that card, David, yeah, you'd be up 40 bucks right now. Yeah. Like, no, like right. do, do, does that right. change it for you though? Like, like, do you, do you, do you even like does that factor into your decision making at all? 
it 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 should. I, I'll admit it should. I just I I'm, I'm not saying it should or, or it shouldn't. I'm just curious. Like, well, what like I mean, is. even no, but because you said because like a couple times you've mentioned like, oh, you're in some ways you're like you're definitely gonna get that back. But it's like okay, that requires you, you know, taking good good care of these cards, like making sure they're like especially some of these cards, depending on what you're talking about, it has to get mm-hmm. graded. Um, which maybe that's that's pretty rare, but I think that. That's sort of I, I would argue that's like a separate sort of scenario. Um, but but then it's like and then listing and finding buyer like there's there's a yeah there's like a there's a time, a time cost in there yeah there's a time cost to some of that stuff that um, I've really not enjoyed uh, when I've done it. Jim has been a great help when we when we lived in the same city. He would he would sell stuff for me all the time because he seemed to uh, just find the people and be able to do it really well. So, so, but that's, I don't know. That's, that is a unique thing to me where I, I agree in theory. Like I remember the last Gen Con I went to, um, I played in the inaugural Legend of the Five Rings event. It's the only L5R event I ever played, but I was one of the top rated, um, uh, players in the unicorn clan. So I got this spot glass base that I immediately (laughs) flipped for 350 bucks on eBay. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Like that day, like, and it was like, wow, that just paid for Gen Con. Like it was... (laughs) So, um, so I, I love, I do love that that opportunity is there and, um, that there's probably an argument there of why I, I, I need to maybe have that mentality when it comes to competitive I games. Mean, Cause maybe I, don't, I, I honestly, I like, I don't really take that into account when I buy cards because I know that I'm not going to sell them. Um, Me either. cause I just don't have the time and, or like the, it's too much work. Uh, like it's just, it's too much. <laughs> if I have somebody else, like. Like if Jim came over to my house and sold all my cards for me, that would be great. But yeah. Jim's probably yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll fly you over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I don't I don't have Jim at my fingertips all the time to sell my cards for. Me, <laughs> well, so. now I moved I moved to a different state, so I don't either. <laughs> um, so I I mean I'm in Why the same boat. Like, I don't really weekend. take it into account. Um, to work. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's it's nice to know that the value's there if you ever wanted to get out of it but I tend to not sell stuff that I buy. So one of the things they mentioned in uh, the video that FFG did about Star Wars Unlimited is that they want the collectability to be not in, how do they word it? It was, um, basically it was like, um, like the really rare cards that are going to be pricey are just going to be like more alt art foil type. They're going like the Pokemon route where it's like, you know, Darth Vader is really good or something like that. And everybody wants Darth Vader, but the normal Darth Vader is like reasonable because we put them in enough packs to where yeah. it's reasonable. But the ultra foil, triple shiny Vader, whatever alt art is only in every like 5,000 packs. And that's going to be the rare thing. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do like that model. Yeah. I think that's also worked well for flesh and blood, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, yeah cold foils alt arts but i i and i think i think that's probably like like pokemon and flesh and blood seem to be too like too competitive ish when it comes to pokemon uh but two two card games that sort of have that model where it's like uh the normal versions of most cards flesh and blood is different because they have legendaries that are like weird and rare and, and expensive but most cards are are very reasonably priced um and then the Marvel version of it or like the alt art version of it um, 
are the expensive ones. And I think that's worked out well for both of those games. And so I think a lot of games that are coming out are copying that. I don't know if Lorcana is going to copy that though, because we haven't really heard anything about that. We haven't heard no. it, if they're going to do alternate art cards in packs at all. Um, I'd be kind of surprised if they don't, because it, it seems to be appealing to the same audience as Pokemon or a similar yeah. audience. Um, yeah. So I would be really surprised mm. if they don't have that. Um, I certainly would suggest that they do have that if, if like I were a consultant for them, which I am certainly not. Um, but I don't know if they didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, how sick would it be if we started opening packs at Gen Con and we opened oh. them, like alt art that no <laughs> one's ever seen before. That would, that would be very cool. <laughs> I, I would love that. I would love if they're just like keeping that really close to the chest and then like that is going to happen. That would um, be sweet. If it doesn't though, I feel like, it it's kind of like it makes it means that the legendaries that you open are the most exciting things that exist to open mm -hmm. and just going full circle and when they're bad like when they're gantu uh it makes it kind of a bummer for that to be the legendary that you open and i, yeah. I think the feeling of opening a bad legendary is worse than the feeling of like not opening one at all because like people remember negative experiences like 10 times more than positive experiences and mm -hmm. like not opening a legendary is, is is not really a negative experience it's kind of just like a neutral experience but opening a legendary that you act that is like actively a disappointment is a negative experience yeah mm. so I, I don't know how much for lorcana specifically i don't know how much the competitive viability of the card is going to be a factor in how much people want it because if people are just wanting to collect disney cards with cool art on them then like maybe people don't actually care um but i think for star wars unlimited you're probably going to get more people who are into it for the competitive card game side than just because they're into star wars there's a bunch of other things for star wars fans to collect there's a lot of other things for disney fans to collect but there's a lot of other star wars game related things for for star wars fans and even trading card related things for star wars fans to collect if they're just into that thing um so we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there and I, I do hope that the uh alt arts and like alternate treatments in star wars are like insane yeah all right so, give me your give me your bottom line what's your what's your number for your oh, ideal I'm not done. i got like 10 more things to <laughs> all right I, I'm, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go do my laundry i'll be right back. <laughs> so we haven't even talked about keyforge Oh How man, the the most expensive one deck. Oh, that's Keyforge a was like Keyforge is a really good analogy right? here. Yeah, yeah, because because it's a it's a full deck. It's just a ten dollar pack, a ten dollar deck, right? So you can spend ten dollars and get one of the most competitive decks. But you can well, also well with inflation, over... it's up to twelve ninety nine. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. You can also spend over three thousand dollars to get Pink Fraud or whatever it is. Yep. So how much did you spend on? That deck you went in with Jim on. How much was that? We we each paid thirty three bucks. We paid a hundred bucks total. Oh, that's not, that's not very much. No, it's not. <laughs> but but it's not it's not the it, it's not going to win worlds. It's going to do cool mm -hmm. things, and everybody in Keyforge community knows this deck because it is the one of the most creative, unique things. But um, but yeah, we we now we could sell it. We've had offers of like four or five hundred dollars i don't wow. I, I remember we've had a, a few of those because because it is that way uh but i don't think it's for the competitive side as much as it's uh 
yeah hmm. um so <laughs> So. But yeah, I, but yeah, so I mean, but yeah, with Keyforge, um, I mean, two guys split that deck, that $3,600 thing, so it's $1,800 each. I, I mean, okay. that that's just like, that's insanity to me. But also, I know Keyforge is starting to do cash tournaments this year. It's like, you know, you, you do have opportunity to win some of that. This goes back, back to and... us renting out uh, really sick Keyforge decks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jim shaking his head <laughs> while we do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that one deck is more than five competitive decks in any other CCG, except know, for but, Flesh and Blood. Oh no, it is more than I, that. It's more than Flesh and Blood too. I, but I also think it's a little bit of an anomaly because I've never seen like another Keyforge <laughs> deck reach that uh, even four digits. Like they're unique out, though. Yeah, the the Keyforge deck. So I I would I would uh, expect Keyforge to be the highest dollar value uh for uh for like the most competitive deck it should be the highest because that is the mm-hmm. only one that exists right 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 which is very Makes sense cool and interesting actually <laughs> and yeah. what's even more cool about it is it's going to come from a 12 dollar deck so like every deck starts out only being 12 dollars even if you sell mm-hmm. it for a thousand right you could technically say the top five decks are only $25 or no, $50, $60. Yeah. Technically, right? Like a, I don't know. It's weird. Mm. Uh, also, I wanted to gonna point out when we were, I, I didn't get a chance to say it, but Flesh and Blood does gold foils for tournaments, which mm-hmm. is like something unique that I haven't seen other games do. Where it's like the same card, legendary, and most of them are. Le- I guess they do several. They do majestics and uh, it's just equipment, really. But they do like gold foil versions that they give, but they're in packs. Like you don't know which one you're getting. So like when you get a tournament, you get a pack that has a gold foil of something in it, and you can unseal it and open it and see what it is, or you can sell it blind and see. It's kind of like another layer of collectability that they have added to the game which is kind of cool it's very smart uh for for the audio listeners the video listeners saw saw him him uh leave but we lost jim to the storm so (laughs) (laughs) i think we're almost done anyway yep Give me. Uh, I wish yeah, I could so have deck, caught it so before. Numbers. Give me. Give me your number. What's your? Wait, he's gonna say like twenty bucks. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not gonna say twenty bucks. I want to know. I ha- I have you my mean number. For a competitive one. For a competitive, competitive deck, deck in a one game that you're. Deck. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you would want it to cost. What is your What is your ideal? That like you're what like, do, What do you think is a price this? where it's like, you would pay it, but you think it's like healthy for the game for it to be that price point yeah and we're talking about like just base versions of the cards not sure. yeah holographic or uh yeah it's whatever I mean, you pop on flesh tcg and player and buy for, you it's know kind of like, weird because flesh and blood their first their legendaries at first are always foil no matter what and then if they ever reprint them then they're not in foil which let's, is like let's, a whole other layer let's make this simpler like what what let's talk sp- specifically about Lorcana and Star Wars Unlimited. Let's say like those are the okay. games that we're trying to price decks for. 
because they're both so fairly similar. You have to have four copies of, and that's you, you do in Lorcana, and that's probably why they <laughs> they did that. <laughs> um, why do I have to go first? You go first. I'll go first. I'll go first. I feel like like 200, 250 maybe is like a reasonable price for a highly competitive deck. I think like if if the if the gap is like for the most I mean, aggro decks are always cheaper uh or at least are often cheaper so like for super sort of budget friendly aggro deck is like 100 bucks and then like super valuable like crazy control deck is like 300 bucks because control decks always have all like the crazy legendaries and you know whatever cards so i think like 100 like 100 ish on the low end and like 300 ish on the high end i think is like the sweet spot okay uh so destiny double blanks destiny j would have said something completely different college j would say something completely <laughs> different than uh settled down j that has the money to spend on stuff stuff like this uh destiny j would have said every card should be a dollar or just send me the cards and i'll play <laughs> uh, i remember uh, that i remember those days <laughs> I think we've all been there. I remember that, Jay. <laughs> I literally didn't have that much uh, Destiny stuff because I just. That's why you play it. TTS every day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I think like I don't know, three hundred bucks seems like a good solid. Like three hundred, three fifty seems like a good solid. Like the best deck in the game costs that much, kind of thing. I I know that's really expensive, but. It inflation makes it, what's a dollar worth these days <laughs> i know right uh i would also say i think you're right that when that when cards cost more it makes people more interested in the game even if like maybe not people that can't afford it but people are more interested in a game that it seems like it's doing well and people yeah. enjoy it and think it's a good game yeah i think it's like there are ways to make a game accessible without getting into the like hyper competitive side of the game mm -hmm. I, I think also if there's like a path for skilled players to acquire the cards that they need to make a really competitive deck without having to pay for them like i'm mm -hmm. thinking of like back when i was in college and played magic the gathering a lot like there were players that were good enough they didn't have that much money but they were good enough to like win draft like every friday basically mm -hmm. or like win packs mm -hmm. every every week and eventually they'd grind their way to whatever decks that they wanted because they just like either sell their good stuff or open it themselves um and even if it's just mm -hmm. one deck that's kind of enough for for a lot yeah. of those players so yeah it's weird too so mm. like in in flesh and blood the legendaries are pretty much you have to have them or you're not going to be competitive which mm. is which i probably don't like that I don't like that if you don't have the one equipment that is good for your class, you're never going to be able to compete. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're good, you're probably not going to be able to compete. I think they're too, I think the equipment in that game is too critical for you to play. Whereas in Destiny, I could have not had two ancient lightsabers and still won games. Oh, totally. Right? So, yeah. Hmm. All right. What about you, David? 20 bucks? <laughs> no um i so the number i'm landing on is 120 bucks okay and the enough. reason being 
typically you could buy a booster box and a starter deck or two for around that. I mean, every game's different, so who knows? And with inflation, I don't know. But but it, it feels like historically, that's like the decision point of like, okay, do I want to get the starter deck and a booster box? Or could I just say, oh, screw it. I'm not going to do that. I'm, But I'm going to spend 120 bucks on a full deck from the set ready to grind. Um, so that's probably that's probably where I would land. 120. I'm the cheap, cheap guy of the group, I guess. <laughs> I think it's a reasonable take. Like, yeah. if if like you, you basically think like if you open up a booster box, you should either have enough cards that you can trade to acquire the deck that you want or enough yeah. cards to build the deck that you want. I think oh, that's fairly gosh. reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did... blood, it's oh, yeah. Like you could that. never do that in Fab. <laughs> I can buy a case and I still got to buy stuff. <laughs> like I buy a case every time a new set comes out and I still have to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's insane. We we did, we kind of got, I mentioned this with the Gen Con thing of like, I, I actually care more about like, what can I win that I can sell? Not like what cards can I buy that I can sell? So sure. that's where like the whole joke of the, the top eight, uh, Star Wars, or it's the top 16 Destiny World Championships medal. Because I remember getting to the top 16, and I my first thought was, Oh, I, you know, what do I win that I can sell to pay for this trip that I went on <laughs> so that my wife, uh, you know, is still power in action me tokens. leaving? And I got, yeah, I got freaking power action tokens that I tried to sell and couldn't sell them. <laughs> I did just sell the uh, top eight uh, mall playmat uh, for like 200 bucks, like. Six months when? ago. Six months ago, and it was still worth yeah. that much? Yeah. Dang, that's pretty sick. Uh, I really wanted so, that mall mat. That mall mat looked sick. I am I think I was 33 or 34. <laughs> yeah, you're like right <laughs> not there to get it. Yeah, it was, uh, it well, was rough. <laughs> well, did the, you get the... Because the mall specifically said top eight in the corner on it. The one oh, okay. I, I was... I was out of whatever the top 32 prize was or yeah. getting into the top, or getting into the top cut in general. Yeah. That's so like I think I don't know. It was like okay, there's literally only eight of these out there. Yeah, that is cool. There you go. So so that's I mean so that should, that's in you my mind. Told I'm me like, before you sold it to someone else. Dang. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let me look through my. I've got some power action tokens actually. But no, I, I don't want those. <laughs> I do want to talk touch on what you said. You want you don't want the card the collectability or the cost to be associated with the cards themselves, but you want to win stuff that's worth money. But if people aren't spending that much money for the game already, like it doesn't it already decrease the value of prizes that you might win from tournaments? Can't can point. you don't you need to have that yeah. high cost? There needs the there needs to be a a, yeah. a audience of collectors who are willing to spend a lot of money on stuff for that game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I, I think Destiny was kind of in that zone for uh, a couple minutes you know yeah w- w- um, when they started doing like spot gloss cards and stuff like yeah. that they started to dip yeah. their toes into that realm and there were players who were willing to spend money on those cards bless you yeah um so i do think the spot glasses is like one of the few things they did right mm-hmm. like those were actually cool yeah like, and cool you could only those. win those which was interesting mm-hmm. like you could only win those at gqs and stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i don't know i i so that's uh, like i care this is I don't know how to how to say this. Like I I want to be able to be competitive and go to these big tournaments, um, because it's about the social side. And like mm-hmm. I want to be able to compete. I don't want to have I don't want to be miserable, but I also 
you know, if I don't win the entire thing, like I'm still going to be content with what happened. Um, so maybe that sh- maybe that colors how I think about how much money I'm willing to pay on a deck because I I don't have any illusions of being the world championship world champion of Lorcana or Swoo Galaxy Shuffle, you know. So I I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a filthy casual. <laughs> You're not a collector. I'm not a collector. Yeah, may, may, so. maybe maybe that's the difference. Uh but I mean, uh, like 120 bucks on a deck seems fairly reasonable. So I, I don't think I can fault yeah. you too much for that. Now, if you ask my wife's opinion on this question, I, I'm <laughs> Five sure it'd be far less. Than, yeah, <laughs> like free. Why are you paying money for cards? This, you know, you, you own stuff already. Is it's just a printer time. now. You have <laughs> a printer now, dude. Yeah, yeah I, do. I, own, I own a printer. That's the news. Just print it. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> All right, this is we're getting late. Um, we should probably yeah. call it. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts? No, <laughs> I have no nah. thoughts in my brain whatsoever All anymore. Right. We didn't uh, really talk about design of legendaries very much, but I think I think we covered pretty much everything pretty well. So yeah, yeah, I could talk for hours about this. Yeah, <laughs> everybody stopped listening thirty minutes ago. So <laughs> exactly when when Jim left, everyone got off. They're like, well, "Hey, if 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 you are still listening to this, Join let us know Discord. what you think the ideal cost of a deck is for a competitive TCG." Mm-hmm. I'm super curious to get a wide range of of answers. That's good. It's good. All right, that'll do it for us on Unplayable. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye.